0: For the sake of time, I'm going to jump straight into the message, Uh, no summary of the last two weeks in the series, Pathfinder. Today's message, I would like to speak to you from both, of course, a biblical uh, place, and uh, I think if you're ever listening, listening to a sermon, and you only get a reference to the Bible at the end somewhere, then you should question that that's probably not a good idea. I think the Bible should be punctuated in everything. In fact, the Bible is the stake. Everything else the preacher says are the spices. If it becomes the other way around that the preacher's opinion is the stake and then we just sort of spice it up a bit with a few verses, bad idea. But I would like to also tell you that this message has been in some sense forged in my own personal journey. So there's a little bit of... Uh, a, a wrestling <laughs> that uh, helped me, I guess, unpack this. And I, I hope that it is uh, as personal to you too. I wanted to start in Romans chapter four If I give you the title. Uh, Romans chapter four, very well-known passage of scripture, love it. It says, What then shall we say? that Abraham, our forefather, discovered. He discovered something in a certain matter. What should we say discovered? If in fact Abraham was justified by works, in other words, if he did something to be a better Christian by himself, then he could boast about it, but not before God. What does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God. You know, it's an important distinction between the Christian faith and other forms of religion. The Christian faith says we believe first and then the behaviour changes. Other forms of religion say behave a certain way and eventually your behaving will make you believe. Do you see the difference? Superstition works like that. If I light this candle or burn this sage or hold that crystal or, and I hope I haven't offended everybody in one go now. um, But if I do that, then my hope is I'll see evidence that that worked. But you see, our believing is God is both real and alive and in our hearts. And because of that, my lifestyle and my thought pattern and my actions change according to my beliefs. They don't create them. They change. Can you say amen to that? So I think that idea is really important. So I've rather bravely, but tongue-in-cheek, okay, it is tongue-in-cheek. It's tongue-in-cheek have titled this message, Don't Be a Caveman. Don't be, is that a bit hard? Don't be a caveman. You know you remember when you, were, you remember when you were kids uh, and people didn't close the door behind them, you would say, "Were you born in a oh, stable? Was it stable?" Did You guys, know? I always was cave. I, oh, there's a lot of evolutionary conversation to have there, Lots of. It. Don't, don't be a, a caveman. In this conversation about a journey for Pathfinder, what does God want for me? has been our conversation. It's also very important to pause for a moment and acknowledge that for some people, and I suspect a lot of us here in some stage of our lives, that being told how to move forward is easier said than done because there are things that make moving forward difficult. And that it's very easy for somebody to say to just snap out of it. But how many of you know snapping out of it isn't always easy? That's easy to, for somebody else who's perhaps not in your journey to say, are, are, are you still are you still worrying about that, doing that, hoping for that? And it might be easy for a preacher to get up and say, God has a great plan for you. Move forward, step out in faith. What if you but what if you're stuck unable to move forward? And there are reasons for that. And and this idea of caves is actually quite an interesting one because it's a, it's a, it happens a lot in the Bible. You'd be surprised. You know, David, when he was in trouble, went to some caves and And people were buried in caves you'll see in scripture in a moment and Lazarus, when he, he died he he, he went to, he was put in a tomb, which was a cave and Of course, uh, Jesus was put in a cave, but of course he came resurrected out of that cave and Lazarus was a foreshadow of that um, this idea of um, of being in a place where uh, um, going forward is difficult. And I want to talk to you a little bit about what that looks like. You know, in um, in Genesis chapter 15, the, the the story that Romans refers to that Abraham believed God uh, comes out of Genesis 15, the original story. So I thought I'd read a verse or two to set us up. It says this, the word of the Lord came to him, to Abraham, uh, and saying, this man will not be your heir, uh, but a son who is of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And he took him outside and said, look up to the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Uh, And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. So that's the original event and it's repeated in the New Testament. So here's what happened was that Abraham was quite old, his wife was quite old, uh, but he never told her that. Um, All the way he was, babe, you've got this. You're gonna have a child. (laughs) Uh, the, the New Testament is not as kind as that the New Testament said that they were as good as dead, which is really, is really a very blunt, a very, uh, thankfully modern translations have removed that phraseology, but you never want to quote that. To anyone you love, you never want to say, "Babe, you look as good as dead." But but they, but but she was old, and he was old, and he wanted a child because he believed it was very important to carry his his faith and legacy on. And he he made a plan. He said, "Look, this isn't going to work. Uh, let's." Uh, Let's adopt, foster, do something else. And his plan wasn't, a, it's also not an idea you should uh, copy. Um, so they chose a surrogate lady. And, and then Abram thought, well, my, my plans are going to work out. And God said to him, uh, your plans are not the same as my plans. That's not the plan. There's another plan, but it'll require a miracle for that plan to work. You know how many times in our lives we make plans that are not God's plans just because we're up against an obstacle that seems like it would take a miracle to fix, so we make another plan. And every now and then God has to call us back to it. And, and uh, you know, Abraham was uh, either in a tent or a cave. The Bible's not very clear about it. It would be really nice if it was definitely in a cave because then the story would just work really well. And I thought I could just tell you it was a cave and hope that you didn't Google it later, but then I wouldn't be able to live with myself. But he was either in a tent, not like a modern K-way tent, like a, a you know, a, a animal skin tent or a cave. And God says to him, Abraham, I want you to come out from the small environment Environment of your repetitive conversation, and I want you to look up to something else and see what I can do. Do you see why caves can be a problem? Because what happens is you close yourself off from the influence that very often could set you free and then in the negativity of the cave, in the negativity of the tent, you can't see a way out. And the Lord has to call Lazarus out, call David out of his cave, call Christ out of the tomb, call Abraham out of the cave and say, you've got to start looking up. You gotta start looking up. And I'm a little worried, I guess, because I've experienced it in my own life how you can get yourself into a spiritual cave. Let's make it symbolic because there are examples of that I'm going to take you to in a moment. Uh, You could get yourself into a spiritual cave. A, A spiritual cave is a place where you're going to nurse your disappointment, discouragement, disagreement, or frustration, and then close the door on anybody else entering the cave. So it becomes a closed off environment, and it so easily can become hopeless, or toxic, or faithless. And God has to call you out of the cave, Today, I want to do that. I want to tell you that you're not helping yourself by being in a cave. Now, it can be a comfortable cave. It could have 4K TV and can have a good coffee machine. And we can talk about what that is later. You know, the the further I track down what a good coffee machine is, the more I land back at the original, like just a mocha pot on a stove is like, that's the, that's the way the Greeks taught us. Um, it's the Italians. Um, it's all this, you know, all. Um, but g- getting into the cave, do you know there was a prophet in the Bible? I'm going to take you to the scripture. There was a prophet in the Bible who was so intimidated by a woman who was chasing after him to kill him. Where did he go? He went to a cave. And God had to come to him and in a prophetic word, said, what are you doing here? And I guess, in a prophetic word, I had to snap. Like God, I just said, "What are you doing? Here? How long do you plan to be in this dark cave? What's the? How long are you going to nurse this story that you're recounting? How many plans of your own are you going to make to figure out the journey you're going to you're going to take?" Or you have got to come out into the light and look up into the stars and say, you couldn't even count the options that are available as a follower of Jesus Christ. Now I know if, if you're like me and you're you're in the cave, like I've been in the cave, you actually don't want to hear this. This is you're starting to sweat now. You're like, oh, if you knew my if you knew my business partner, if you knew my husband, if you knew my medical condition. And you're resisting. But uh, I can't leave you there. I like you too much to leave you in your cave. I I think you must feel that feeling until it's out your system and you start to... uh, uh, The prophet had the same problem. He couldn't hear the still small voice. So God first had to come as a mighty wind and then he had to come as a fire and then he had to come as an earthquake. Oh, all kinds of Allowed things to deaden the sound of his disappointment until he could settle and hear the small still voice of the Lord and say, Come out. So, for a bit, you have to go through all that, you know. And I think the first thing I wanted to share with you about the power of following Jesus and coming out of caves is that Jesus is the king of countless possibilities. When you can no longer see a possibility, you're being pulled into a cave, and I want to encourage you to let the Lord pull you out of that and show you many possibilities. Do you know the devil even tried that trick? Do you remember with Jesus when He tempted Him in the wilderness? The devil tried to show Him stuff. Also, your world could be like this. If you bow your knee to me, you could have all the nations of the earth. You could have all. You could make these rocks turn into into bread. Notice that the devil's Eyesight is downward. Come to the top of a hill and I'll show you everything at the bottom. And Jesus said, Stand at the bottom and let me show you everything you can get at the top. (laughs) Why are you settling for the stuff at the bottom? You keep, you know, he's down, he can't look up, he's too ashamed, but he can look down. He's comfortable with downward trajectories. He's not comfortable with up. He knew very well that if he looked up, uh, he, the devil has been around long enough to know that if he looked up, he'd also have to start counting. How many stars are there? I'm not even a star. I was a star, but I felt like a star. There was one of those. You know, it's, um, when we want to nurse our own discouragement, then we don't want to look up. So it reminds us of what could be. But today I want to tell you that God is the God of possibility, infinite possibilities. And you can't close the door on possibilities. If you do that, you will get into a cave. If you say nothing will change, it's not going to change. It's not going to, it's the same thing. You close yourself off. And it's so easy to feel that way. I should should comment that I am aware of the time to rise thing that's going on. Uh, um, I've received that video uh, quite a few times. Um, and I'm very aware of it. And I think anything that builds South Africa on a biblical foundation is an excellent idea. And I think getting onto our streets to make our noises, uh, uh, our voices heard, is important. But also cleaning up and and fixing our nation very important. I get a little nervous there when people talk about voting as a block. Because I'm not sure who we're going to vote for. I would like to know the name. That's a, you know, that's a tricky part. But the rest I support. But what I want to, I want to encourage you is um, uh, uh, leave the door open that with God all things are possible. Leave the door open. When you can't do that anymore, that, that's a cave. And I, to, today, would you, would you mind if I encouraged you to get out of the cave? Get out of the cave. And the cave could be a very comfortable thing. Just make your circle smaller. How does that song go? Make the circle. I oh, know, I just aged myself. So a handful of 50-year-olds going, I, I raved to that song. But then Jesus came and set you free. Eh? Yeah. Um, but you, you make So what happens, here's how caves work. A cave is a small, dark place, right? Here's how caves work. So people offend you, so you cut them out. People disagree with you, so you cut them out. People don't do things your way, so you stop going. Uh, people don't give the way you do when you go out to dinner, so you don't invite anybody to dinner. And so a journey, oh, they're not offended. <laughs> I'm confident of, of them. And so and so what happens is you make the, the, the journey, the circle a lot smaller. And and pretty soon the things, the people, the places, the circumstances that could have pulled you out, you've cut out. And so I want to encourage you to be mindful of that. Romans 8 says this. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced. Note the authority, that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is, that is in Christ Jesus. This passage of Scripture starts with the threat that we are all like lambs led to the slaughter, that life comes with problems. But nevertheless, the author re- leaves this open door in Romans chapter Chapter 8. That's a nice sound, kids in church. Maybe not for the parent, but for the rest of us. Parents are like, what? Leave the door open for possibility. Come out from the cave. Sit in company, even if it's inconvenient. Break the shackles. Don't let the boa constrictor of disappointment throttle the life out of you. Secondly, and this is a tough one. Gosh, this was tough. I didn't think I was going to preach this part. I'm gonna, but I'm, now I'm in a good place. I'm ready for, for you. I'm ready for you. And then I'm going to go have a lemon meringue afterwards. It's been six months since I mentioned those, that, that. It's been six months. Eh? Uh, you know, the, the second way you avoid being in a cave or getting out of a cave is you've got to figure out what's still worth carrying and what's worth burying. Now there is a verse in the Bible that maybe over the last years, because you know, I had this whole drama with losing my own dad to COVID, and there was a lot of unfinished business there. Uh, I had always had an expectation, unfinished business was I had an expectation that the business would be finished. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, hasn't come, ever been to my home here in PE. I've been there seven years, and so there was a lot of unfinished business. So this verse was too hard for me to read until recently. Matthew 8 23 says, Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told them, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. And then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. In the story of the boat, by the way, that's when the big storm happens and Jesus calms the storm. I thought that is such a harsh scripture. How am I-I su- I don't know how to apply that. And then I realized as I got Further out of the cave and a bit more in the light, and so you got to walk in the light because you can't see things if you don't. Anyway, last week's sermon. Uh, this was the realisation that that burying something isn't about um, that day at the graveside. It's about settling a matter in your heart. Because if you don't, you carry it. And when you carry it, you occupy carry capacity. You're unable to carry other things because that's what you're carrying. And that's powerful. That's powerful. There's a story in Scripture. There isn't a lot of time to read it, so I'll just tell you where it is. It's in Genesis chapter 23 because we're talking a little bit about Abraham. Abraham, when he got to the land God had given him, he went to the leaders in that land and he said, I need to buy a field with a cave in it. And they said to him, well, why do you need a field with a cave? They said, "You said to them, well, I need the field to grow my future. And I need the cave to bury my past. I need somewhere to bury everyone who dies in my family. But I need somewhere to grow something for the kids I'm raising. And you know you have to have a field and a cave. If you live your life only in a cave, then you're only living in the past and you have no expectation of a future. If you plan only for the future without tipping your head to the past, you make the same mistake again and you have no way of knowing whether you're progressing and that's a form of denial. And I want to encourage you that a, a, a person who truly knows how to follow Jesus knows how to bury something and how to carry something. And sometimes you just got to bury the hatchet, bury the offense, bury the hurt, bury the injury, bury the thing at the appropriate time so that you can plant again, sow again, grow again, harvest again, a field in a cave, a field in a cave. In fact, the story in Genesis chapter 23, the men said, well, if that's what you need the field for, the one with the cave, we'll give it to you, Abraham. You're a man of God. And he said, no, 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 no. I want to pay full price for this because this is an investment from me. And I appreciate your willingness to give it to me for free, but I got to pay the price. I got to do the work, i go to make the, do the hard part. And I want to encourage you that getting out of a cave includes doing the hard part and paying the price and apologising and correcting and adjusting and stepping away. It can't come for free, but it must come. And when it does, then the cave has the right people in it and the field has the right people in it. And Jesus came out of the cave in the tomb and he got up onto the day of transfiguration, onto the day of, of resurrection and, and he said to his disciples I've come out of the f- out of the cave now go you into all the world go to the field we've done the cave let's go to the field go into all the world and teach people uh, about my name because he was worried that if they stood at the cave all the time they wouldn't move on they stood there the Bible actually says that Jesus left and they were still standing there and the angel had to say hey, move I'm pretty keen on saying to you, hey, move. Because you you see, a a lot of religion becomes cave dwelling. We go to honor the history of the church, and it doesn't become field building. We don't so into the future of the church. Could we be wise about that? Because if we're not, all we'll end up with is monuments, but no movement of God. We have to have both. And then, and then thirdly, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up with this um, scripture, uh, this idea, uh, sometimes a whisper is better than the fire. I'll tell you what I mean by that. Charismatics like me will know what this means, the fire, right? I thought, I just need more fire. I need one more great man of God to pray for me, prophesy over me. I thought an external thing. I'm waiting for somebody to get me out of this. Why isn't my friend getting me out of this? Why isn't the church getting me out of this? Why isn't somebody, why something there, some fire must come. But what the prophet in the cave needed to realize was it was the inner still voice of the Lord. There isn't another that we need. Another may come, but the one that we need has already come. He is the Holy Spirit in our hearts. If you stopped making a noise long enough, you would hear him and he would woo you out of the cave and then you're back on your feet again. And... It's very unwise to to wait and be disappointed, expect and be discouraged and whatever. You you, you have to let him do it. You have to let him do it. 1 Kings 19 is that famous story about the prophet. And the Lord uh, said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. God's going to meet you. And then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains, tore it apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. If you wonder about the cloak thing, I could wrap up with this little symbolism The cloak in the Old Testament, in Bible times, uh, was your business card. If you had an illness, you wore a certain kind of cloak, so people would know you've got a disease. If you were of a certain standing, you wore a certain kind of cloak. If you were a religious person, you wore a cloak, and then if you were a higher-grade religious person, you had tassels and stuff like on the bottom of your cloak. Very schmancy. Yeah, schmancy. Said that for the Gen Zs. And if, if Elijah was taking up his cloak again, he was saying, I accept who I am, that you've called me to be a voice. I won't hide in this cave any longer. I'll take up my business card, my thing I'm meant to be, and I'm going to step out of this cave, and I'm going to have to face whatever i got to face. But I've got an inner voice now, a, a small, small, still voice that will guide me there. And I wanted to encourage you, you know, um, for something to be spiritual, it doesn't have to be a big shake-up. I kept waiting for like, a, oh, I've got two minutes until ten past, and then the coffee is going to be just right temperature for you. <laughs> I'm doing you a favour actually by preaching longer, and those pancakes will be next level. Um, but I. I came out of the charismatic movement, and what I thought I needed was another charismatic experience. Like, like where's Auntie Kerry Sauthi? You know, used to travel through the Eastern Cape and pray for us. You know, she'd pray for me until the sun rose. You met with Jesus just so you could go home and have breakfast. Like she prayed and preached until the, you know, hectic stuff, you know, and, and I thought that's I need another shake-up. I listened to T.D. Jakes and stood in my room. I thought, I swear that guy's going to shout something out of me. (laughs) I mean, into me, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what the right term is anymore. I'm lost here. I dug deep. I even bumped into Creflo Dollar on YouTube. I did a little bit of Copeland and Hagen. That's what I grew up with. Wild stuff, eh? Wild. (laughs) I look at it now. I think, Wow. Wow. (laughs) do you know what? Earthquakes, mighty winds, uh, fires. And when you switch it all off, it's the still small voice of the Lord that whispers his word that gets you out of a cave. The king of possibilities, carry and bury, and sometimes a whisper is better than a fire. Could, could we stand together to pray? I want to invite you not to rush off. I know it's tempting to be first in the queue or first in the parking lot, but the next few minutes are actually quite important. And I I, I want to invite you to to just be part of that, if, if you wouldn't mind. Um, we took a decision as a team that we'd like to take three, four minutes so that we'll still end at quarter past, an hour and 15 minutes of a service. But we took a decision not to rush the call to action at the end. Just give it two minutes, three minutes. So we'll we'll preach a little less if necessary and do less admin, but call to action. What do I mean by that? I mean, offer you the opportunity to respond to a nudging that happened during the service. I think we, we want to do that. So would you close your eyes for a moment? Would that be Okay. And um, I, I want to take a moment to to do exactly that. There are two calls to action today. I want to invite you to the first call to action is if you've been if you've been an observer of the faith, an inquirer of the faith, an explorer of the faith. You've you've followed around and had a look at it, but the decision to to change p- your path's direction hasn't fully been taken yet. You, you haven't made the call. You haven't said, well you know what I, I think this is not only good I think it's right and it's right for me I, I want to call you to an action and my action will be to invite you to raise your hand in a moment and let me know you're making a decisive <laughs> taking a decisive action today and I'd like to pray for you and then the second call will be if you're stuck in a cave to invite you to come out. And those those two prayers this morning. And if you feel nudged by those two or anything else while this service ran and you want somebody to pray for you in person, you just come to the front after the service and a, a team of, of credible people will, will pray with you on anything. That you'd like pray for, but with our eyes closed for a moment. If you're here today and you realise, look, I can't be an observer of the faith. I actually need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Like I, I, I get it now. I get enough to start the journey. I don't get it all, but that's the point of the journey. If that's where you're at, I'd like to pray for you. And all I need need from you, I'd like to ask of you is just to raise your hand long enough and say, "That's me." I'd like you to pray for me, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A- absolutely, everywhere, a hand, somewhere. As the weeks go by, we'll tighten this up so that we can invite you to somewhere in the front where you could get a free Bible. Let us know your details so we can invite you to a free Alpha course or something to set you up. But for now, let's start somewhere. Even if it's not everything, it's something. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you please pray this prayer after me? Uh, I'll just lead a sentence or two. And if you could just repeat it. And I'll tell you what, the rest of us, let's just do it too so that you don't feel like you're standing out, those of you who've raised your hand. Probably 15 people, 20 people raised their hand. And so let's pray together and then I'll pray the second prayer over over the the, the freedom from a cave. Uh, Please would you pray these words after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for new possibilities. I recognize today that something has changed in me I no longer consider myself to be an observer but instead a follower. Forgive me for ignoring you, sinning against you, sinning against others and sinning against myself. Please take the reins. Teach me your way. I'm going to follow in your footsteps. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, I, I pray also for those of us who have found ourselves either past or present locked in a cave. May the small, still voice of the Holy Spirit woo us out, that we'll pick up our cloak of identity and responsibility and step out in faith again. We pray that in the name of Jesus, the destructive nature of a cave will be pulled apart and the invitation to get outside and look to the stars, our God has a plan. That Lord, that will flood our souls and we will feel healing. And we will never again utter the words, I can't see how this will work out. Instead, we will say, I know God will make a way. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Would you give God one final shout of praise and thanksgiving? I want want to thank you for being here this morning.